Well, this is going to be fun. We told you that both teams were playoffs, and right now they are in the playoffs as the regular season has ended. The Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds are in the playoffs for the 2020 baseball season. And Blake, as we bring you in, I'm going to bring in Blake Watson right away, our resident Reds expert here in Cincinnati. Blake, I'll tell you what, at the beginning of this season, 60 games, I thought, ah, this is going to be a disaster. This is not going to be fun. No fans in the stands. The way they've got it set up is kind of crazy. But I'll tell you what, the last week. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, especially the Reds fan, the last two and a half weeks have been really exciting. Yeah. You know, this, the, the season got down to the, to the very nitty gritty. No, no, there was, um, two spots clinched on Sunday. You know what I mean? We kind of knew who they were going to be. Uh, didn't, didn't know the, the order yet. Um, nobody was for sure that Milwaukee was going to get in, but it was, it was really exciting, man. And, you know, the NL Central for being the worst division of baseball, so people say, got four teams in the playoffs. Yeah, that was funny. I mean, and everybody was saying also that the American League Central was the worst, one of the worst divisions in baseball. They got three teams in the playoffs. And thanks to a White Sox collapse at the end of the season, the Indians finished in second place in the Central Division. Blake, I don't know whether to, or despondent, if I'm an Indians fan, which I am, they could have been playing Oakland, or they could play the New York Yankees. Now, the benefit of playing the Yankees over Oakland is that the three games, the two out of three series, will all be in Cleveland, whereas they would have had to go to the West Coast to play Oakland. So even though it's the Yankees, and I know they've got the big power hitters and everything else, and they've got Garrett Cole, we've got Sean Bieber. Uh, I, I'm telling you right now, this Yankees-Indian series is – that might be the best first-round matchup in the American League. I would agree with that. I think it definitely is. Um, you know, you got Bieber versus Cole. That's that's you know that's going to set the stage for the whole thing. Um, and you know, two of the probably top five or six pitchers in all of baseball, um, which is really exciting. That'll yeah. be a lot of fun. I think the short series against the New York Yankees actually benefits the Indians instead of trying to play them over a seven-game series. It's only three. I think starting pitching is going to be way more important in these three series than it would be in a longer series, and it's really important in a seven-game series. Um, so, you know, you got your your big three if you go with – I assume they'll go Bieber, Plezak, Carrasco, or Carrasco, Plezak, whichever way you you've want got, to look. Yeah, you've got, it, you've got it right. Carrasco is going to pitch the second game, Plezak the third. And, you know, I like that because if, if there's a chance that they clinch – if they win the first two – Please act your game one starter for the second series, which is a, which is big. Um, I, I really, I, I like it. I like the way the three game series sets up for the Indians. I think they got a really good shot. I think it's really similar to the Reds. Are they going to get enough offense? Um, and, and that's what it boils down to for probably both of our teams. You know, the two teams that were probably the, the, uh, preseason favorites, they weren't in our book except for the Dodgers. But the Yankees weren't exactly the favorites in our book, but still they were in a lot of people's eyes. Those are two teams, Blake, that I think were built to win over a 162-game schedule. Now, the Dodgers were just outstanding in the baseball season. I mean, when you look at what their record ended up, 43-17 and 17 over 60 games, that's great. But what I'm talking about built over 162 games is there. when you play that many games – 
Your offense is what carries you, but it's pitching that carries you in a short series. Without a doubt. And I think, you know, you saw that a lot with the Reds. Obviously, the offense was historically bad. Um, but, you know, I think the the depth of their pitching would have really helped over 162 versus just 60. You can see how, as they got a little bit hotter with the offense, the, the team got really hot. Um, and I would agree with you completely about those two. I think the Yankees are a little better suited for for these short series than the Dodgers are. Cause I just don't think the Dodgers, like obviously Kershaw's great, Bueller can be great at times, but uh, you know Dustin May's never pitched in the postseason. I just I don't I'm not sold on the Dodgers rotation. I know that by the numbers they had one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, but I, it's, I think that's a little misleading. You got a couple of really bad teams out there in, the, in those two divisions. Um, and, you know, I was arguing with somebody on Facebook the other day, how much easier is it for pitchers to pitch when you hit early in games? Yeah. Uh, when you go out in the bottom of the second inning, you're up three to nothing. Everything settles down. Everything's a lot easier. Not every pitch means as much as, you know, it would in a 0-0 game in the seventh. Um, I, I, I'm just not as sold on the Dodgers pitching staff as anybody else. I think, obviously, their offense is historically good. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I kind of, kind of wish the Reds could have got the Dodgers in the first series, to be honest with you. I think that would have set that the three game series would have set up a lot better for the Reds to beat the Dodgers than a seven game series. Well, the Dodgers are going to face off against Milwaukee, San Diego and St. Louis. They, they get into it also. Then Chicago, Miami, the Cubs against the Marlins. What a story Miami was. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, what a difference a year makes. <clears throat> Well, it's crazy. I mean, you look at them and the Cardinals, the two teams that were affected by COVID the most found a way to make the playoffs. It's really remarkable when you look at those those two teams and the Marlins more than the Cardinals because everybody expects the Cardinals to at least be good. Um, the Marlins were expected to be very bad, and and they dealt with all that stuff, and they were st- they're still in the playoffs. Now, part of that's because you know the NL East is just not very good. Um, outside of the Braves, yeah. Um, if they were in a better division, you know, w- would they be in? My guess is probably not. Um, yeah, because you look, both of those divisions only got, you know, the NL East and the NL East only got their two teams they were guaranteed to get in. Neither one got a wild card. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't see. I don't know, man. It's it's just been a crazy fun year. I, I I agreed with you to an extent, and I kept arguing that it was going to be fun. And I think it ended up living up to the billing. I think you know the fact that everything was so important, every pitch mattered so much, every at bat was really important. It just it was an exciting year, I think. Well, Atlanta's going to face off against the Reds. They finished up thirty five and twenty five. What's the Reds' rotation going to be like? Uh, it's Bauer, Castillo, Gray. So they decided to go with Bauer first. Yeah, Bauer's, well, and Bauer's on the most rest, too. Bauer hasn't thrown since, uh, Thursday or Friday of last week when he threw that GM on short rest. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that, that interests me about Bauer. He pitched for the Indians in the 16th season when they ended up, um, in the World Series against the Cubs. Now, I'll go on record as saying, no matter what, that had Bauer... That was the year of the drone incident, remember? Yep. When he went out and played with a drone prior to 
the the playoffs and the World Series against Toronto and cut his index finger. Now, had it not been for that injury, Blake, I think the Indians take the Cubs in six games. I, I really believe that. They would, I would Go ahead. I, I just was saying that I would absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, but Bauer's extensive experience in playoff competition is not there because of that. Yes, he sat on the bench through the playoffs in the World Series. I get that. I understand that, everything. But that's not the same as being out there on the mound in playoff competition. I have no doubt Bauer is going to be a very outstanding pitcher for the Reds in this playoff series. No doubt about it in my mind. But there's still that little doubt that puts it in there that he's never been through this type of pressure situation before. Well, yeah, the, the only starter the Reds have that has, well, Wade Miley has, but he's not going to start in the playoffs for the Reds. Um, he's pitched in the playoffs. And Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray has pitched in the playoffs a couple times. Um, but, you know, Bauer, even as good as he was in 16, um, as good as he was for the Indians, sort of, you know, the way it ended, um, I think this is a different dude. I think – he is so locked in right now, and I think he always kind of was, but I think he's a little more locked in than he's ever been. Um, and I, I would go, you know, we talked about this on last week's show, the Reds have been playing pl- playoff baseball for two weeks. Um, and, they I mean, they had to go on the run that they went on just to get in, and he was probably the biggest catalyst for that run. Um, his, his starts were just absolutely dominant. Um and I, I think I think I have no doubt no doubt in my mind that Trevor Bauer is going to be lights out on Wednesday. I have no doubt either. The thing about the thing that gets me though about Trevor is he is so able to control himself. I'm a big Trevor Bauer fan, as everybody knows. Um, I don't think, with the exception of maybe two or three pitchers in baseball, I think there is no better pitcher in the game right now than Trevor Bauer. Um, it's interesting that. You know, the Indians gave him up the way that they did over one little temper tantrum. And and I thought it was a little temper tantrum. I'm sorry. I mean, the kid turned around through the baseball over the center field bleachers, and he was upset at the fact that he was pitching like crap that day against Kansas City, and he was pitching on short notice, and he had the flu. And they couldn't give him the benefit of the doubt because – he turned around. I've seen guys, I've been watching a lot of YouTube, as, as you know, okay? I've seen guys, Blake, go into the dugout and destroy bats, destroy bubble gum containers, destroy coolers, destroy this and that. And because Bauer threw one ball over the center field fence, they're going to go ahead and just mortgage the future and trade him away for basically nothing. Well, I, I think they also felt like they needed Yasiel Puig last year. So I don't think they felt like they got nothing out of it. I think they really thought that Puig was going to help put them in a better position to, to compete for a world championship. Um, so, I mean, I agree with you. I think, you know, that, that they did not get what he was worth. Um, but they weren't going to re-sign him after this year. So at some point they were probably going to move him. Um, I, 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 again, I'm obviously a Reds fan, so I love the trade. Um, well, yeah. I think it, yeah. <laughs> so, so as so as an Indians fan, I'm supposed to be okay with them getting rid of Trevor Bauer, who was going to leave them at the end of this year. Instead, they got Yasiel Puig, who left them at the end of last year. 
Yeah, I don't remember what the other <laughs> was. I don't remember who the other uh not much. Who, yeah, I don't remember who the prospects were um in that deal. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't, you know, anybody from the top of the Reds organization because they still have all those guys. Right. Uh, I think Taylor Trammell was part of that trade, but he ended up in San Diego. Um Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, here's the thing about it though, Blake. Clevenger was also a part of this Indians rotation at the beginning of the year. Mike Clevenger. He goes to San Diego, and he's supposed to be the anchor for their rotation heading into the playoffs. And now he's out with an elbow strain, which most normally ends up in Tommy John surgery. Boy, what a blast for San Diego. Yeah, that crushes him. He's their legit top-of-the-rotation guy, um, and that hurts a lot, yeah. uh, especially with a young team who's never who's got a bunch of guys that have never had this experience. Um, it, it, you know. It'll be interesting to see how San Diego handles their first foray into the playoffs. Obviously, Eric Hosmer as their leader yep. um, has never done that. Won a World Series, um, similar to the Reds with Mustakis. Machado's um, never been to the playoffs. Machado's never been to the playoffs. Fernando Tatis is 12 years old. Um, yeah. The last he's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, it, it's funny you said the Indians-Yankees is probably the best AL series. I honestly think the Reds-Braves might be the best NL series. Um, I think it's the most balanced series in, on the NL side. I could see almost every other series not being competitive. Maybe maybe the St. Louis series. Um, but, yeah, I think the Reds-Braves the Reds, uh, Braves is going to be a good series. I'm interested to see how Miami plays against the Cubs. I really am. I, I I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them in the play. I mean, if you remember, Blake, yeah, they were part of the COVID, but the Marlins, it got to a point like in the first three weeks of the season where Don Mattingly, their manager, was introducing himself to new players coming into the locker room and the clubhouse the day of the game. He had no guys, idea what he had. Yeah, guys that were actually playing baseball that night. Yeah. Not even just roster guys. They were in the lineup, um, without a doubt. It's It's been a nuts nuts year for them. And obviously, you know, Sixto Sanchez is really good. Um, so he's got a chance to help them a ton. I, it's weird, man. I don't think the Cubs are that good. I've seen them play, obviously, a ton. Um, and I just, every time I see them, I'm just not impressed. But they just friggin' win. I don't get it. Well, I don't. I think when you've got to when you have to depend Blake upon you Darvish to be your ace, you've got a problem. Well, and he has been really good this year, but history shows you that he's due for a clunker. Yeah, uh, and and you know it would be bad timing for it to happen now, but he is due for one for sure. Um, and you know their lineup is good, but Kyle Schwarber cannot play left field. Ian Happ is not a center fielder. Um. Javier Baez can't hit right now. I just, I mean, last time they were in Cincinnati, David Bodie was leading them in RBIs. With that, with when you're in a lineup with Bryant and Rizzo and Schwarber, and he's leading you in RBIs, like that just doesn't make a lot of sense. They're a weird team, man, because you know uh, Hendricks has not been what he usually is, and he's not an overpowering guy anyway. He's not the kind of guy, and they're starting him game one over Darvish, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's, he's not the kind of guy that typically has very good postseason success. Postseason success is usually defined by the guys that have the best stuff. And 
they're just weird, man. It's a weird team. I think David Ross is making a mistake by not going with Lester in game one. He's the guy with the experience. He's the guy David Ross always caught. He's the guy that led them to that 16 world championship. And even though he hasn't had that great a year, he's still the Cubs man. I see. I would absolutely go Darvish in game one based on the season that he's had. I think Darvish has been far and away their best starting pitcher. I mean, he is a legitimate Cy Young candidate. Nobody else on that roster is. I go with the guy that is giving me the best chance to win all year, and that's I go with Darvish. Um, I probably would actually throw Lester third. And that way, again, if you win in two, Lester's your game one starter for the second series. Yeah, yeah. which that's- would be against the winner of Atlanta and Miami, or Atlanta and the Reds. Now, the Reds are going with, now, say it again, who their top three starters are going to be. Bauer, Bauer, Castillo, and who? Gray. Okay. Now, what is the key for those three pitchers against Atlanta? Uh, well, I actually read something this morning. It's, it's their fastball. Um, so the fastball for, um, the Braves have the highest average in baseball on fastballs and the Reds have the lowest average against in baseball on their fastballs. I mean, if you look across their rotation, they've got the big three all throw 95 plus. They all have movement on their fastball. Trevor Bauer is the, has had the best fastball in baseball this year. Um, opponents are hitting 112 against Trevor Bauer's fastball. And that's what it boils down to. You know, they're going to give up hits to, to, um, to, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta can really hit. Marcelo Zuna is really good. Freddie Freeman's probably the MVP. Um, and they're, they're going to give up some long balls. So the, to me, the, the big thing would be solo home runs versus multi-run home runs. They can find a way to hold, hold Atlanta to a couple solo shots in those three games. I think the Reds find a way to get it done. In the Cleveland Yankees series, I'm going to get technical here. Their three starting pitchers are going to be Bieber in the first game, Carrasco in the second game, and Plezak in the third game if it goes that far. What are the Yankees known for most generally? Why do their games take forever? Because oh, it's all plate yeah. Pardon? Plate discipline, absolutely. Yes. And what are the Indians the best at as far as pitchers are concerned? Pounding the strike zone. Now, what you're going to have is a battle between the Indian pitchers pounding the strike zone and the Yankee hitters trying to extend the Indian pitchers in their pitch count. It's going to be a battle between those two. But I think if you want to get really down to the the nuts and bolts of everything, it's got to be Aaron Judge. It's got to be Judge. If they can control Judge in that second spot of the batting order, I, I think they're going to be fine. I, I really believe that they'll be fine. Um, I'm not, I'm not scared of the Yankees batting order. I never have been scared of the Yankees batting order. What scares me about the Yankees is the fact that they elongate a pitcher's pitch count. And that means you're going to have to throw your bullpen a lot earlier than you thought you were going to. We're going to see what's going to happen in game one because Shane Bieber is the guy that I mean, he won the Triple Crown this year, Blake. He had the most wins, the best ERA, and the most strikeouts. And that hasn't yep. happened in years. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, a short season. Yeah, I saw somebody post it. I don't remember the last time it happened, but, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. I, it, it, it's going to be 
a very interesting series. And then you've got Tampa Bay and Toronto. You know, Toronto really screwed things up. If they won yesterday, Blake, they would have been in the second position in the American League East and would have ended up playing the Indians. But nonetheless, the the Indians got the Yankees. Now, in the bottom half of the bracket, it's Minnesota-Houston and oakland Chicago, and everything is going to get, I've got paperwork all over the place. Everything's going to get underway tomorrow. The first game is Houston at Minnesota. That's at 2 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock is the White Sox at Oakland. At 5 o'clock tomorrow is Toronto at Tampa Bay. And then at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, it's the Yankees at Cleveland. Then on Wednesday, you've got the Reds at Atlanta. That's going to be at noon on Wednesday. That's an interesting start time, isn't it? That is weird. Yeah, noon. I mean, that that especially. Then you've got a 1 o'clock game, Houston at Minnesota. Then you've got the first game between Miami and Chicago. That's at 2 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock is the White Sox at Oakland in game two. Then game two at 4 o'clock in the American League is Toronto at Tampa Bay. Then in game one at 5 o'clock in the National League is St. Louis at San Diego. Then game two in the American League at 7 o'clock is the Yankees at Cleveland. And then the final game is at 10 o'clock. Of course, we can't interrupt the Yankees game. You know, no, can't have another game going on at the same time the Yankees game is going on, right? So right. This, this game is going to start at 10 o'clock where it's Milwaukee in Los Angeles to play the Dodgers. So that's the setup for the first two days. And, boy, if you're a baseball fan, it's almost like March Madness, Blake. You've got 13, 14 games in one day for two consecutive days. You uh, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say it's like the first two days of the tournament um, where, you know, it's, it's all about the windows, what game's on and what window. Um, it, it's going to be really exciting to watch, man, especially for, you know, baseball nerds like us. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this, Blake, it's like I said, people are talking baseball. It's the third weekend of the NFL season. The college football season has begun. Nobody's talking about the Big Ten coming back, the Pac-12 coming back. They're talking about the playoffs. Baseball actually did something right. It's hard to believe. Well, that and that's why, you know, I've argued that I like this setup for the playoffs because so many more teams are involved. You get so many more markets involved. Um, I, th- I think it's really good. I think it's good for the game. Obviously, you don't want really bad teams in the playoffs, and I don't think there's a bad team in the playoffs. Um, maybe Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee's very good, but um, but they, but again, they've got you know the maybe the best one-two punch at the back end of a bullpen. So if they're leading late in games, it's over. So it's it's going to be really exciting, man. I'm really excited to see what happens. I really don't love that the Reds play at noon on Wednesday. I'm gonna have to take the day off, but. Um, you got a TV in your office. It's it's right. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting, man. It's just gonna be fun to watch. Okay, let let's break this down as only we can do. Let let's hit the American League first. You got Tampa Bay, Toronto. Who do you think? Uh, I think Tampa Bay's got too much pitching. I think Tampa finds a way to get it done. I I agree with you. We'll do the Cleveland Yankees series last. Minnesota and Houston. What do you think of that one? It's in Minnesota. Uh, that's tough, man. I just watched the Twins and Donaldson's a ding now. Um, Buxton's dinged. Um, don't know if either of those guys are going to play. Um, Houston's, 
I don't know. They're another one of those teams with a really good lineup, not a ton of pitching. Uh, that's a really tough one to pick for me. I'd probably pick the Twins. I think they have a little better uh, pitching staff from top to bottom. Um, and if Donaldson and Bucks can play, I think I pick the Twins. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Twins in this one. Oakland and Chicago. That that one I think is just a slam dunk. Oakland. I would agree with you. I think Oakland is the better baseball team. But Chicago hits it to where if they get hot, man, they could easily win that series. I would pick Oakland, but not be shocked if the White Sox win it. Yeah, I would. I, there you go. I, I would agree with that because uh, the White Sox, if they get hot, they are a tough out. They are really yeah. tough. And they've got two really good starters, Giolito and Keiko, are both really good. Um, so I think they could. I think they could make some some noise. I really do. But let's look at the National League now. And I'm going to start out with the Reds-Atlanta series because I think Joey Votto said it best. We're a blink of nightmare. And he's right. Anybody that faces the Reds right now has no clue what they're getting. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think um, I think our 1-2-3, Bauer, Castillo, Gray, is better than anybody in baseball. I think from top to bottom, I think the Indians' rotation is better. Um, but I think one, two, three, I think the Reds are better than the Indians. I think they're definitely the best in the National League. Yeah, and exa- I, without a doubt, and yeah. I still think they're the best rotation in the playoffs, um, especially in that short series. Yep. It, you only need four starters anyway, so it kind of all depends on what you would get out of Tyler Malley, and I don't even know who the fourth starter for the is um, in, in, in that long longer series. So I – to me, that matchup is really going to boil down to Atlanta's pitching staff versus the Reds' offense, because um, I think you know their offense versus hard pitching staff is kind of a wash. They're the best offense in the National League. We're the best pitching staff in the National League. It's a little bit of a wash. Um, so it boils down to the Reds' offense versus their pitching staff, and I just don't think the Braves have enough pitching to beat the Reds in a three-game series. I think you got to keep Acuna off the base paths. I agree. But we have the ultimate weapon in negating any running game, and Tucker Barnhart might be the best defensive catcher still in baseball. No. Um, not a chance in not a chance in hell, Blake. Perez, Perez is better than him defensively. Not a, He is not a better oh, catch and throw guy than Tucker Barnhart. Absolutely. He's not. Not. Yeah. He's got a better throwing out percentage this year. Okay, that doesn't mean. <laughs> and he had a tired arm. And he had we're a tired gonna, arm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into this in just a minute too when we talk about the Reds and the Indians in the World Series. This ought to be good. I think yeah, I think Barnhart can throw out anybody. Um I I, I agree with you, uh, Acuna is probably the biggest threat for the Reds. Um at the top of that lineup. I, I just I don't know. I, I would probably be and it's you know, I wanna pick the Reds because I'm a Reds fan and I am a homer. But I think the pitching staff is just going to be too much. What I picked. The- you, so you've got you've got the Reds against Atlanta. You've got the Reds over Atlanta, I should say. Yes, sir. Okay, I've got. I'm going to go with the Reds. I'm going to go with the Reds over Atlanta. I just I I think the Atlanta Braves are just a little bit too young, and um, I just don't think they've taken. I I don't know. I I just don't have a good feeling about Atlanta. How about Chicago Miami? Uh, real. The Reds are also the hottest team in baseball. So that has a lot to do with it, too. Um, Chicago, I picked Chicago. I think they've been there too many times. 
They've got too many good players. I think Chicago. So you think Chicago goes in that one? Yes. Okay. How about San Diego, St. Louis? I go with you. I go with you in Chicago too. I think they'll beat Miami. San Diego, St. Louis. I. That's another tough. Their team's got. Um, St. Louis be as good as they are. If you look at their roster, they've got a bunch of guys that are just okay. Paul DeYoung, Matt Carpenter, the old. Um, Paul Goldsmith is pretty good. Yadier Molina, 140. They shouldn't be good, but they always are. I probably lean slightly Cardinals because of the lack of experience in San Diego. Okay, and I'm going to go with you with San Diego. I'm, well, I'm going to take San Diego in that series. How about the Dodgers in Milwaukee? Dodgers. Done. No, no need to talk anymore. Nope. Okay. Tucker Barnhart this season. All right. Doesn't have it. <laughs> His throwing out percentage this year. It does not have it for this year for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, but it does have Roberto Perez and that's 41% is what he threw out. But for whatever reason, it does not have he threw out 44%. Barnhart threw out 44% of the runners when he won his gold glove in 2017. He threw out 24% in 18 and 23% in 19. But it does not have anything in here about what he did this year. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this, that, you know, the Reds have their three starting pitchers that are their studs also have three of the best off-speed pitches in baseball. Um and they throw more of them on more counts than probably anybody except for maybe the Indians. And it's really hard to throw guys out on Luis Castillo's changeup, Sonny Gray's slider curveball combination, and Trevor Bauer's knuckle curve. It's it's not about him. It's about the pitching staff that is throwing to him. Um, if, if you are throwing guys out on fastballs all the time, it's, it's pretty easy. So those right. guys are not worried about negating the run game. They're worried about getting guys out of the plate. They're longer to the plate. It, it, that's that's such an unre like a a stat that doesn't take everything into account, um, and, and that's one of those ones that kind of drives me nuts. Okay, let's talk about the possibility of a Reds Indians World Series. Right now, it would appear to be a long shot, but you know what's funny? It would have to be this year that the Reds and the Indians would play in the World Series when everything will be held on the West Coast. <laughs> That's yeah. You're probably right. It's going to be something like that that nobody would have expected in a year that nobody would have expected. Um, it's I think there's a possibility. I really do. I think you know obviously they are the two best starting or the two best um, pitching staffs in baseball. Like there's no doubt. Any you can argue anybody can argue with me however they want. The two best top to bottom pitching staffs in baseball right now are the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Indians. Um, and when you think about the guys that the Indians have traded over the past year and a half from their starting rotation, it's unbelievable. Uh, Kluber, so yeah. Bauer, Clevenger. Right, those three guys that are aces on other staff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I don't see it outside the realm of possibility. Both teams will have to hit a little better than they did in the regular season. Um, and I think, you know, the Reds have a historically low batting average. But they also have one of the lowest ever recorded averages on batted balls in play. Um, so, you know, that, thing, that started to even out at the end of the year. They made a lot more productive outs. 
um, scored runs that weren't only on home runs. It's, it's, I think it's got, there's a chance. Um, I, I would love if, if the Dodgers get knocked off early, then I think the Reds can make the World Series. I don't think the Reds can beat the Dodgers in a seven game series. Well, we'll see, but wouldn't it be weird if Milwaukee ended up beating the Dodgers? I, I love, I would love it. Um, cause give me the, give me Milwaukee in a seven game series. I'll take it every day of the week and I'm betting my house on the Reds. All right. Out of all the series in baseball right now, American League, National League, pick one series where you think has the best chance of an upset. Oh, I think it's absolutely the Reds Braves. Um, seven versus two. I think it's absolutely, that's the biggest one, um, without a doubt in my mind. See, I'm I'm looking at Toronto Tampa Bay. I, I think if Toronto gets hot, I think they've got a shot at beating Tampa Bay. It's it's a pretty interesting uh thing. I'll I'll tell you what, the Yankees are happy they don't have to go back to Tampa Bay because they didn't win a game in Tampa Bay this year. I did not realize that. I didn't either wow. until yesterday. That's a that's a big, big stat. That really is in in a year of crazy stats. Here's another um, one for you. Billy Hamilton yesterday stole the base and hit a home run for the Cubs. Do you know who the last person to do that for the Cubs was? No idea. In the same game, stole a base and hit a home run. Glenn Beckert, back in 67. That's how long ago it was for the Cubs to have somebody hit a home run and steal a base. And that's crazy when you think about some of the guys that have played there with the Alfonso Sorianos and even Sammy Sosa's. And, yeah. Um, they've had a lot of guys that could run with a little bit of pop. That's surprising that it hasn't happened. Yeah, absolutely. Terry Francona will not manage in the playoffs. The Indians announced that over the weekend. I think it's a smart move. Sandy Alomar has done a majority of the heavy lifting this season for the Indians, and I think Francona just decided, instead of messing with a good thing, why bother? Just take a back seat right now and let Alomar handle things. So I did read that he is going into the bubble with the team. Yes. So he's going to travel. He'll be a part of what's going on. He just won't manage the games, which I think probably a lot of the way it's been happening since he got sick, since he got out of the hospital after his stuff. I think – I think he has his fingerprints are really on that team a lot more than would typically be that's in that situation. I think I bet every evening after the game, him and uh, Franco and Alomar have long conversations about the game and what happened and what to do tomorrow and lineups. And so I don't I don't think Sandy Alomar is managing that team in a bubble. I think he has a lot of help from Terry Francona. The last thing I want to bring up is that will Angel Hernandez be getting any Christmas cards from any of the Philadelphia Phillies this year? He is the worst umpire I have ever seen. Without a doubt. The fact that that guy calls big league baseball games is mind-boggling. He is atrocious. I can honestly see if he were umpiring like the Reds, I can see Trevor Bauer punching him in the face because he's that bad. He's just he's awful. He is awful. CeCe Sabathia said it best two years ago when he said, you never know what you're going to get. Angel Hernandez Angel Hernandez umpiring a playoff game is a mistake in Major League Baseball. Yep. And I can't, yeah. ima- I, I can't see him, Blake, umpiring a playoff game, but he will. 
And I think it's all because of the lawsuit that he's got going against Major League Baseball. They don't want to ruffle his feathers. I, I would agree with that. I also think that there's just not enough good umpires right now. Um, I watch a lot of these, a lot of games, man, and there's a lot of really bad umpiring. And yeah. some of the pitches get called strikes, and everybody misses. And then, but the difference between Angel Hernandez and a lot of other guys is Angel Hernandez is indignant when he makes a mistake. Like he, you can't even discuss it with him. Um, which I hate that about baseball umpires. And, and he also, like CC said, you don't know what you're going to get. There have been games that I've seen Angel Hernandez called. I'm like, wow, he called a good game. And then there's games where it looks like he's anywhere but behind the plate. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. Um, and you can't have that. Like, no. You know going into the game, Joe West is behind the plate. Hey, he like he will give me that outside corner. He'll give me three inches off of it the whole game. But he's not going to give me that and three inches off the inside corner. Ain't no Hernandez on one pitch, you give me three inches inside. Next pitch, three inches outside. Yep. It's He's just terrible. And then the next pitch, you can go right down the middle and he misses it. He's, he's just bad. Yeah. He's bad. He, he is so bad. He He is the best example of why Major League Baseball should go with that automatic computer strike zone. And here's my thing. I agree with you completely um, to an extent. I like the the, the human aspect I of it. So. I, yeah. I, I, I like the old Greg Maddox approach where you start on the corner, second inning you're off the corner by an inch, the third inning you're off the corner by three inches, and he's giving it to you. I love that approach. Um, but, yeah, it's got to be consistent, man. I'm, I'm completely fine with guys missing calls. Just be consistent with what you do call, um, and, and, and we can move on. Because the, if the batters don't know what's gonna, what it's going to be called, it's impossible. I mean, we're already asking these dudes to do something that's mathematically impossible. Um, and, and you're – yeah, when you, you, you take the bat out of people's hands at times. I saw him do it to Nick Cassianos early in the year, and I yeah. thought Nick Cassianos was killing him. Yeah. He, he called a ball that was four inches outside of strike, and then Nick Cassianos had to swing at the next one that was in the same spot. And he just stared at him for like 15 seconds. Yep. And it's just it's bad, man. He's just, he's awful. Robo umpiring would be okay. I don't know how it would work, but it, they just need to be better. Blake, final subject of the night, and I'm surprised it took this long. Tom Brenneman issued his res- resignation from Fox Sports Ohio as the Reds play-by-play announcer. He has not officially done it with Fox Sports and their football yet, but... Um, what what do you think Brenneman's future is now? I think he's done. I think he'll just quit. I think he'll retire and just kind of fade off into oblivion. Um, which is probably what he should do based on you know his behavior. Um, I think honestly though, if he didn't resign, the Reds would have would have brought him back. Um, I don't think they were completely sold on the idea that he needed to be done. You know what I didn't realize? He's fifty six. I, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, I didn't know he was that old. I mean, I thought he was in his 40s somewhere. But, no, I mean, I, I found out over the weekend that he's he's 56, and I thought, holy Toledo, for somebody – I mean, we can all make mistakes behind the mic. I mean, it, it it's easy to do. I've, I've told you stories. You know, I just – I make sure the microphone is down before I say anything near it, or you just don't say anything near it. But – in this case, 56 years old, and he's grown up in this industry. To make a mistake like that is, boy, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I don't either. It's it's really, really bad. 
Um, it's just it's just ugly, man. And I think it's for the best that he walked away. And as much as I love Jim Day, I think he's a great person for the Reds organization. I think he does a great job. I hope he's not the play-by-play guy for the TV going forward. It's just not a great fit for him. He's better interacting with people. He does a fine job on play-by-play. He's just not a true play-by-play guy. But I didn't think Tom Brennan was very good either. So, Blake, I, I would go for the job again, but I've got a face for radio. <laughs> I would. I wish they would have done – I absolutely love George Grant. I think George Grant is one of the most underrated play-by-play baseball guys ever. Um, I loved his voice. I loved his tone. I think he was so good. And you know how it is in baseball. I mean, the radio guys really historically have gotten more of the love as play-by-play guys. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't really a radio guy, but I thought he was so good. And, you know, the fact that he was on the very first sports center was always kind of a cool little trivia fact. Um it's, uh, yeah, he's, but he's too old to take that job full time. Yeah. I, I don't know what they'll do. I really like the guy they replaced Marty with. I think Tommy Thrall did a fantastic job this year. Um, young guy, but I think he's really good. I think he's got yeah. a chance to be really good. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's for the best to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I'm not sure what he does, what he's going to do in the future. I wish him well. Um, but that's just not the type of mistake that you can make and hopefully knock on wood as I pound myself in the middle of the forehead. Um, I never make a mistake like that. Anyway, playoff baseball coming up tomorrow and Wednesday here in Ohio. Going to be fun, isn't it, Blake? Yeah, it's a really exciting time, man. It's a really exciting time for football fans everywhere, especially in the state of Ohio. And we will talk more about it next Monday, okay? Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's program. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dave Mitchell for Blake Watson, and it is going to be a fun time for baseball here in the next few days as the Reds take on Atlanta and the Indians start tomorrow night against the Yankees at Progressive Field. For Blake Watson, I'm Dave Mitchell. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. Until next Monday night at 7 o'clock, have a good week, everybody.